Welcome to We're All Mad Here, a podcast aimed at dismantling the stigma surrounding mental health conditions, opening a discussion, and facilitating understanding one story at a time. Today, I'm joined by B. B is a student living in Melbourne, and she experiences dissociative disorder. She will often feel so out of touch with her surroundings that it is difficult to speak or concentrate, and sometimes she'll have trouble feeling connected with her body. She'll speak to us today about how these issues have affected her life, what triggers them, and how she's integrated them into her identity. She'll also share what has helped her cope when her symptoms become overwhelming, as well as some advice for anyone going through the same thing. Enjoy. Hi, Bee. Thanks so much for coming on the podcast. I really appreciate you being here. Hey, Geneva. I'm so excited to be here. (laughs) Would you like to tell us a little bit about yourself? Yes. Um, I'm a 21-year-old student. I live in Melbourne. I study criminology and psychology, and I enjoy diving, and I'm very creative, and I like to paint. Can you tell us a bit about your experiences with mental health? Yeah, sure. Um, Since I was about 11, I think, I've always been a very anxious child when I was younger, But I think 11 was when I really started to struggle with depression um, and an eating disorder. And that was also when dissociation kicked in. So for our listeners who aren't familiar with depersonalization or dissociative disorders, um, dissociation is where a person has persistent or recurring feelings of depersonalization or derealization. Depersonalization is described as feeling disconnected or detached from oneself, and individuals experiencing depersonalization may report feeling as if they're an outside observer of their own thoughts or body. B, do you want, do you want to tell us a little bit about your personal experience with this disorder? Yeah, absolutely. So um, my experience with it, like the, the first time I remember dissociating was... I was in year six and I was on school camp and I was literally just like walking along with this girl and all of a sudden it just changed and I can't describe how it just changed but it just something was different and everything looked different and felt different and I sort of looked at her and I think I I sort of said something like oh like what just happened and she was like what are you talking about and from then on I just remember always having um, this feeling of things not being real. It's sort of, it's sort of like being underwater is a, a good way to describe it. Um, and yeah, like you mentioned, Geneva, there are, there are sort of two broad categories to, to define it. There's depersonalization, which is a disconnection from yourself or who you are. And then there's derealization, which I experience more strongly, which is like disconnect from your surroundings. And for me, this can even include like, uh, loss of depth perception sometimes or feelings like I, I can't I can't understand how far away things are time perception can get a bit foggy and yeah <laughs> when did you first understand that your experience was different from those without dissociative disorder was it on that camp yeah so I think that was the first time it ever happened and I th- like my first reaction was that like something in the world had changed. And then I realized other people weren't feeling it too. I thought I was going crazy, which the people I've met that have this disorder, we all have pretty much had that period where we feel like something like we're losing our mind. 
Um, and when I, I got, I came back from camp and I told my mom about it and we went to a doctor, um, and she kind of didn't really know what it was. I went to a couple of people over the years who didn't know what it was. And I remember reading in the book, Girl Stuff by Kaz Cook, it, there was a section on mental health and I read something on schizophrenia. And so for a long time, I just thought I had schizophrenia and I was convinced that's what it was. How does derealization uh, affect your day-to-day life? Um, it affects – so I guess everyone that experiences this that I've met or spoken to will, will sort of experience it differently. For me, like for some people I know they've had it like once or twice or some people I know have an episode when they're anxious. For me, it's every single day usually on and off all the time. I'm always in a different um, sort of level of dissociation and – like one of my biggest triggers is lighting. So even like leaving the house, I'll sort of get a bit worried, like, oh, like how bright is it going to be outside? Am I going to dissociate? Um, and then often it'll mean like going to uni or something. I'll find it harder to concentrate or um, maybe I'll seem a little bit out of it when I'm talking to people. Has your experience with the condition helped you to realize anything about yourself or about the world? Yeah, absolutely it has. Um it it's interesting a common a common theme i've noticed when i've talked to people about this who experience it as well is like with all the with all the negative parts of it it's a really really scary thing to happen and a lot of people you know find it really really hard to live their life with it but one of the positive things is it definitely has an almost like humbling effect in the sense that i think when you feel um disconnected from yourself like that um, it's sort of easy to put things into perspective. Like often, you know, if you're, if you're stressing about something and it, you know, feels like the end of the world, if you're dissociating, it's sort of hard to make it feel that horrible, you know? Um, and another thing, I guess it's like contributed to my personality. I I feel like in a lot of situations where I could be anxious or scared or not want to do something, I'll just associate instead. So it, it almost, if you're going to look at it in a positive way, it's like this, it's like this secret confidence that you can have. <laughs> you mentioned that different lighting in different situations trigger your dissociation. Um, so what are some other situations where you dissociate frequently? Um, so like in my head, I have <laughs> something one of my psychs told me was good to do for dissociation is to make a list of your triggers and really know them um, because it just helps you to be comfortable and be prepared for things. And I, in my brain, I have like two lists. I have the, the little things list and the big things list. So um, I'll often dissociate like the big things are sort of when something unexpected happens or you get some really bad news or um, you're being yelled at or something really hurtful or traumatizing happens. So like I can look back, um, to points in my life where I've, you know, gotten some bad news about something or, you know, something really sad's happened and they they will definitely trigger dissociation. Um, but the little things are really interesting. The little things list, because they're not things that you would think you would need to dissociate from. They're really insignificant. And so, yeah, like I said before, they're things like, lighting or um even like the way that objects are positioned in a room like I always dissociate more in the middle of a room not as much in the corners 
Um, people moving around me makes me dissociate any sort of stress. Oh my God, the worst one is supermarkets. I can't go to the supermarket. I can, but I look very lost when I'm in there. <laughs> you've, you've mentioned a few ways that you cope with your symptoms, but are the symptoms unpleasant for you or do you feel a level of acceptance for them? Oh, both. I feel like my first thought is, yeah, most of the time it's 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 pretty much the most difficult thing in my life most of the time in terms of like every, it feels like everything I do is centered around it. Like I think a little bit of my brain is always um, is always trying to manage it, trying to appear like I'm not dissociating, trying to not dissociate too much if I have something important to do that day. So in that sense, um, yeah, most of the time I experience it. It is a very it's a very scary thing to experience a lot of the time um, and it can be re- really unpleasant but at the same time something I thought of when you asked me that a friend of mine when I was explaining this to him um, he, he was trying to understand it and I think I was I was sort of describing the feelings of being underwater and saying it you know feels like you've been drugged or it feels you know feels really bizarre and he, he asked me if I'd ever tried to just accept it and enjoy the feeling and no one had ever said that to me before. My whole life, I'd always, um, I'd always sort of tried to stop it happening. And that was the first time I thought, oh, what if I just, what if I pretend that it's a good thing? And that I find helps more than anything is when I just accept it and say to myself, I'm going to feel this way regardless. Just like lie down for a minute, try to even enjoy it and not fight it. And that's usually what helps. So how does your dissociation impact your emotional processing? Oh, it really impacts my emotional processing. Um, it, I guess it, it feels like when you dissociate, you float above your body and you're trying to think in your brain. Like you can, you can hear the words that people are saying sort of. Like you can hear them and then you can think about them and think what would B say but you don't have that emotion that immediately has something to say, if that makes sense. So again, like I can think back to times in my life where something has happened or, you know, I've gotten some bad news or something's been happening around me where most people's reaction would be to burst into tears or to (laughs) get excited or something. And I'll kind of be frozen there and sort of start talking to myself in my brain and be like, okay, um, you should, you should say something now and cry or like communicate or something. Um, and I've, I've noticed like in a way, I think that can be a really great tool because it can kind of make you step back from things and I guess take them on as you can. But I've, I mean, I I also think it delays my emotional processes a lot. Like often when I've gone through something and I've noticed this for my other friends with depersonalization as well, um, it'll take us a really long time to start grieving it. And then we'll often grieve it for a really long time. And it'll take us a long time to even even begin to work those emotions out. Um, do you believe that your dissociation is a coping mechanism of your brain for trauma or stress? Yeah, I definitely think it is. Um, and that's I guess that's the key to remember is that even though it's gotten a little bit out of hand, like the, the mechanism that it was actually made for is good. So it's not actually a bad thing that's happening. It's just that you've your brain has learned to do it too much, I, I guess. Do you perceive your sensitivity and your openness to emotions to be an asset? 
Uh, yeah, absolutely. Like, I think that, um, I don't know, in a way, I think the, the more sensitive you are, the the deeper you experience things, which can be really difficult to go through, but it makes life very rich, I guess. Yeah, and it, it means you're um, able to connect with people really easily. Do you perceive that dissociation and your understanding of mental health struggles have helped you become a more compassionate person? Um, yeah, I mean, I, I kind of think that if you feel like a great pain or anguish for an extended period of time, you can't help but not want that for other people. Um, and I think that, like, I, I know everyone I know that's experienced depression or something like that can say the same thing. So definitely... Um, yeah, definitely. And on the other hand, do you think that your compassion and sensitivity have contributed to your tendency to, tendency to dissociate? A hundred percent. Yeah. I think, um, overstimulation, like, uh, what's, I can't remember what it's called, but where there's too much stimulus around you, um, I've noticed is something that a lot of sensitive people have. And I think that also, um, can be said for like, other people's emotion like whenever I'm in a sensitive environment or if um if I'm you know if if I'm feeling overly empathetic or if I'm worried about someone I know often that can have a negative effect on me and I can just associate really quickly if you if you had something that you could tell your younger self knowing what you do now about your disorder and about life in general um what would it be like looking back over over the, the 10 years that I've had it, I think it's been 10 years, um, I've had to really, it's it's almost like you, in, I think in a lot of mental illness, it, it causes you to get real lost and then you have to almost think your way out of that lostness. So you have to be constantly thinking your way out of your own head and that gives you such a deep understanding of yourself and in a way that's a gift. Like, um, I wouldn't understand myself the way that I do without this being a part of my brain. Um, and that's actually quite a good thing. So I guess in a way it's a gift. Yeah. Do you remember a certain trauma or event that might have contributed to you developing um, dissociation as a as a coping mechanism? Uh, yeah, a, a couple actually. And this is, again, something that I think when – when you have depersonalization, they urge you to kind of go through your life and work out um, what traumas are happening that cause episodes. I think around the time when I was 11 that I started doing it, I was having a really hard time at school. Um, and I think which started an eating disorder and that started me dissociating. What kind of therapies are available for dissociative disorders? Therapy with dissociation, I've found, can be really, really difficult to start off with because it's it's not something that many people know about. I think I saw it was something ridiculous, like like five or six different specialists I spoke to that just didn't know what it was. And a couple of them misdiagnosed me. Like one of them told me I had panic disorder and panic attacks. Um, and I would, I looked up what panic attacks were and I was like, this isn't a panic attack at all. This is the opposite of a panic attack. I'm not having any of these symptoms. Um, yeah. So a lot of them just didn't know what it was at all. Um, but 
there are a lot of really, really good people out there that know about it. So I would, I would suggest if you're someone that struggles with this or it sounds like you might, find someone that, that knows what depersonalization is and knows about dissociation. Um, yeah, and they'll have a lot of good tools to help you. That's good advice. Do you have any other advice for anyone who might be struggling with similar things in their own lives? Anything else that's helped you? Uh, oh, you know what's really helped me the most? <laughs> um, two things. So the first is uh, there's a there's like a support group for people with this, and that's been the best because I think the time when I got diagnosed, not many specialists knew what it was. So it was amazing. I could go on this support group. It's actually a Facebook group and write like, help everyone. Like I've, I've got this thing coming up. I'm like, or I'm going to a job interview or something and they'd all post what helps them. And it's given me this, this amazing understanding of all these different things I can do. Um, if it's happening and we've all kind of learned about it from each other and learned what helps and what doesn't. Um, and the other thing that I think helps me the most is one of my best friends, Lani, who also has this for my birthday, made me a dissociation box, which has like a whole lot of tools so that when you're dissociating, it's it's really, really difficult to think of something that will help you when you're in that state. You're, you're just kind of confused and all over the place. And so she made it really easy. She said, when you dissociate, you go to the box and then there's steps in there. So there's like a rock that you can squeeze that'll squeezing rocks really helps when you're dissociating and there's like some comfy socks because it helps to kind of feel feel grounded like that and to squeeze things there's like some bubble wrap there's a coloring book um and I thought I was the only one that had one of these but a whole lot of people I know that have this disorder have one as well and it I think yeah um it genuinely really helps to have a game plan for when it happens well, thank you so much, B, for coming on and talking to us about your experiences. I would love to link the Facebook support group that you mentioned. Um, so if you if you let me know what that is, I'll link it down below. Thank you. I'm a big fan of the podcast. <laughs> oh, <laughs> thanks so much. Thanks for having me. <laughs> no worries. Bye. Bye. Bye.